Blog Talk Radio. Have you been deceived by Satan's SS Officers Corps? Have you had the wool pull over your eyes by these self-sustaining shepherds with cunningly devised fables? Things like the rapture, the antichrist, and replacement theology? Then welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the one place where all of these cunningly devised fables are laid waste. You have come to the one place where you can find the information concerning what is to come. The End Time Tribute. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. We are your host, John Mark Gomez and Matthew Miller. It's good to be back in the saddle with JMG. Uh, boy, we've been uh, participating in the ministry for quite a few years now. Uh, JMG, of course, has his own broadcast on Cross Airs. Uh, I had some involvement with that inception, but uh, definitely need to do an update. Uh, so, JMG, how's it been going, uh, your direction? And give us an update on, uh, you know, what you're planning on doing over there. And, well, everything has been happening here over the course of the, well, the entire winter, shall we say. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, everything's been going pretty well. Um, I'm going to be taking a trip for a week, which is going to be a little bit of a bummer because I have to go to Pennsylvania to help them with a the launch uh of a new warehouse system that we're going to be using. We're using it over here at our, at our facility in uh, Reno, but uh, we're going to be launching it for our sister facility, which is a lot bigger. Um, yeah. They need my help because I tend to know how to solve problems and figure out things by uh, looking at it in a different way and trying to put my head into where, uh, what these people did. Cause that's kind of what I do. I'm a problem solver. So, uh, everything's going good. Zelda's getting really big. Oh my gosh. She's, uh, getting ready to walk. She's kind of a little late walker, but she seems like she's going to be one of those that I'm not going to fall. I'm just going to start walking. So she doesn't like to take baby steps. She'll just either go all in or all out. Um, Zeke's doing well. Uh, he's going to be graduating kindergarten pretty soon in a couple months. Uh, he's on spring break right now, so he's going to be going back soon. Uh, what else? The beautiful wife, she's doing well also. Um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much how it's going on my end. Uh, I need to get back into my Crosshairs podcast. It's just work has been so crazy since they launched that new system. So uh, I just, I barely have enough time to do anything, but there's still no excuse to not squeeze in even half an hour for a quick show, you know? Yeah, there's absolutely no, no excuse for that. Uh, period. Um, yeah, we've had uh, certainly entered into rough waters, no doubt about that. There was a couple of times that uh, <laughs> I probably should have just got out of the boat and walked on the water, but um, it's been a long, arduous uh, winter 
to say the least. The the first freeze was September 27th, and the last time it froze was just the other night on the 3rd. So that makes a total of six months and eight days of winter so far here, which is uh, which has really throttled everybody. Of course, we've had a couple of children in the hospital, uh, had varying instances of medication being, well, fouled up. It's the best way to put it, I guess. Uh, we've had Ben. He's uh, got tagged. Um, and uh, Joe Musidla has been tagged. Uh, it's It's been a really, really rough ride here. But you're absolutely correct. There's no excuse. Now, I guess my best excuse is in the background. I am head over heels diving into trying to get my son's new translation of Enoch uh, finished. Uh, the translation itself has long been done. But, of course, we have to offer up commentary on it, on the translation. So Aaron's been working on that, and I have been working on Terra Erectus. Um, it's been quite difficult because I tend to speak 10 feet over everybody's head, so I've had my girls read it uh, and my wife. So they've actually rewritten it three times now. Oh, wow. So right now we stand at the third chapter, and I'm trying to – put that in order, but I will write some 1,600 words just about that, and then they will read it and say, what on earth does that mean? So I'll have to rewrite it to make it more understandable because, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes for me to accept other plugins, shall we say. Um, my wife stated this the other day that I was like an outlet, but her plug is not – not fitting in my hole, so I, I'm not under. She's not understanding what I'm saying. I'm so far uh, advanced talking about well, astrophysics is is really what the book is about, and Earth changes. So I, I have to really bring it down. So really, I'm putting everything down on paper, and then they have to reinterpret it for me. So it's been a really rough. Uh, six months, eight days, no doubt about that. But today it did get up to 53, so we're awful thankful for that. Not that, not that we are not thankful for the winter, not at all. Uh, God has ordained that uh, to be what it is. So today uh, my back is hurting, so I'm not going to do a whole lot of work around the house. So I decided, you know, let's ride. Uh, we need to ride, you know. So uh, I wholeheartedly agree that. There is no excuse. I mean, this is how we bear fruit. So the rest of the stuff is, well, fluff. So we got to looking at this movie. So why don't you uh, describe what you what you found out about this movie? Because this is straight from Esquire. This is, this is mainline news. The headline reads, In Jordan Peele's Us, Jeremiah 11.11 quietly explained in the film's central meaning. What did you find out about this movie, Us, um, and have you watched it? And what's your thoughts on this overtly being put into the mainstream news that this uh, theme from Jeremiah 11.11 is incorporated into this movie? What's your thoughts, and what did you find out? Well, uh, what I found out shortly about this movie uh, is that 
apparently there is a doppelganger um, group actually in the movie. And if anybody doesn't know what a doppelganger is, it's almost like it's your twin. It's a shadowy twin of some sort. Uh, they're just, they're your opposite. They're your opposite, but they look exactly like you. So um, yeah, in the movie, uh, it references Jeremiah eleven eleven, and it kind of goes along with the, the, I guess the theme of it because so these, this group of people is um, it's like a project gone wrong. They don't mention who the project you know, starter is, but that they were left underground and that they've been trying to come up to the surface to almost take over. And it's kind of crazy. Um, do you, I'm going to read uh, Jeremiah 11, 11, cause that's kind of the big theme in the movie. So uh, here it is from the NASB. Um, Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I am bringing disaster on them, which will which they will not be able to escape, though they will cry to me, yet I will not listen to them. So yeah, in that movie, it's, um, I mean, it's kind of like, it's trouble that's been waiting for them for years, but it's finally uh, surfacing. And it takes place talking about one family, but apparently in the movie, it's happening all over the nation across, you know, everywhere. So that's all I really know about that movie. Well, that's that's pretty much the extent outside of what I read. Uh, and the thing that immediately stuck out to me, JMG, is the simple fact that I know that verse in Hebrew. It's in my notes all over the place because it begins with 1,260 alphanumerical calculation in the Hebrew. That phrase... Um, which, uh, well, how would I translate that best in, into English? Which they will not be able to uh, escape is a good word. I think you, you use the word escape there from the New American Standard Bible. That phrase in Hebrew, you have to remember, ladies and gentlemen, that Hebrew was always an alphanumerical language. It never had Arabic numerals in it what you call ones, twos, and threes. They weren't there. It was always an alphanumerical language. And those five words, and the first word probably gets your attention in Hebrew because that's actually Asher. But here, uh, JMG, what, when he read it, it says which. Um, which is correct translation. That's the name of Asher there. And... Those first five words in Hebrew equals 1,260. And with that, I looked up news. Now, I avoided all of the Christian news. I wanted the mainstream news. And that's when I found this. I mean, this article from Esquire magazine immediately popped up. And it's pretty disturbing to me that, that somebody would use this. So, I guess... There's a big to-do over the internet about this theme in, the, in this this movie, and it's uh, repeated several times, I guess. Uh, looking at here, it's it's held up on a, a sign from some person at the beach in the movie. Uh, it's it's on a homeless man's sign, I guess, and uh, – this same individual later on in the movie has the 1111 carved into their forehead, I guess. It's also uh, in the movie 
pertaining to a thriller shirt uh, that the actor's dad won in the movie. Uh, the price number was 1111. And then, well, the the score during the movie, this this actor's watching a game, I guess, and the score is tied at 1111. And at night, the clock reads 1111. So this is, it's literally impregnated into this movie, this idea of Jeremiah 1111. And we'll state that one more time. Uh, Therefore, thus says the Lord, surely I will bring calamity upon them which they will not be able to escape. And though they cry out to me, I will not listen to them. Now, this is a harbinger for this day and age, JMG. You and I both know it. Um, How many times have you heard preachers tell you this, that there is in fact coming a time where God will not listen to your prayer? What have you heard talked about that? What have you learned about it? Have you even ever heard that before? Uh, Because I seriously doubt that many of the listeners that are Christians, which has been inundated with this once saved, always sin uh, doctrine, which is across the board. You can't even find any holiness doctrine churches today. Those that claim to be go set in the pew Sunday morning, and you'll quickly understand that they're not case in point. Last Sunday, I hate to say this, but uh, from the pulpit it came that Ananias and Sapphira was going to be seen in heaven. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't, if you're not familiar with who that is, that is the couple that lied to the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit killed them. Uh, the preacher loudly proclaimed that due to the once saved, always sin doctrine, uh, Ananias and Sapphira are in heaven right now, which is absolutely the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard. But John, what's your what's your thoughts on that? And uh, and I know you've talked about some about this on, on your broadcast, and you certainly have with me on a lot of my broadcast. But what's your thoughts? And let me read it one more time, ladies and gentlemen, so you can really hear it. And uh, this time we'll just do uh, the New American Standard Bible, just like uh, JMDG did. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I'm bringing a disaster on them which they will not be able to escape, though they will cry to me. Yet, I will not listen to them. Your thoughts, JMG? You know, it's funny, Matthew. They did mention in one of the little commentaries I was watching about this movie that, um, ah, shoot, I just blanked out on it. But uh, they were, uh, where are the words in my head for it? That he pulled for the, you know, the theme of this movie, he pulled from, um, you know, what's going around outside right now, you know, the school shootings and all this just unrest that's been going on lately. And that's kind of where he pulled the Jeremiah eleven eleven verse from. But um, no, uh, to be honest, I have not heard any kind of preaching in any of the churches I've ever been to about, you know, being holy as God is holy. Like, all they do is try and have you live a good life and, you know, try and be a good person, but they don't they don't really ever talk about the serious things that God has said in his word. Um, it, they've really watered it down and it's, it's getting tiring. It's getting tiring trying to explain to people because um, 
they don't understand. They're so used to this, you know, uh, I guess what it's called hyper grace, where, you know, God will pretty much let you do anything and you'll still make it to heaven. And uh, I, I don't know. Um, it's funny because I tend to talk to people about the Bible and shoot it to them straight. And they're like, yeah, I know. I, I don't, I don't get how people just go to church and just blindly believe some of the stuff they're taught. And like, you kind of need to read it and ponder it, what it says yourself, because when God says something, he ain't joking around. Um, he's very serious. And I don't know how people are just letting the, the wool be pulled over their eyes. It's well, and we're definitely getting close to the end, even closer and closer. We all, we've been saying it for years, but the way the things are going, it's, it's getting pretty insane. Yeah, it is. It is intensifying in its, well, insanity. I, I don't know how else to put that. It's intensifying in its insanity. Uh, and it just amazes me that that this is used as a tool, this thought is used as a tool that, well, this is how you get ahead, right? You get ahead uh, by stepping on other people's backs. Now, this normally pertains to in the workplace or with your financial dealings that you just slit throats all the way to the top. If uh, somebody is your manager or your supervisor, you just lie about them uh, until eventually they're removed out of your way so you can be promoted. Um, or if you're uh, you know, doing financial dealings, uh, you charge uh, prices that are way too high, this, that, and the other. Uh, you can cheat on your taxes Yada, 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 yada. Um, so these two things are tied together. Um, these two ideas of once saved, always saved. And then because of that, because you can do that, that's how God blesses you. And it's absolutely insane. Uh, it's, it, it's just insane because if you steal, I don't care who you're stealing from, you know, uh, like uh, your place – of employment, JMG. I'm sure that, uh, well, uh, there's items uh, at your workplace that you could steal, um, like toilet paper. You wouldn't ever have to buy toilet paper again. You'd just steal it from work. I'm sure there's paper clips. I'm sure there's staples. I'm sure there's paper. I'm most certainly sure uh, that there is masking tape and boxing tape and all the boxes you could ever want because, you know, that's what you do. And uh, I'm sure you could steal all these, all of these items, uh, but the Lord our God clearly dictates this. If you steal, you're a thief. And that usually takes people by surprise. Well, no, I'm not. I'm a Christian. No, you're not. Uh, you're actually a thief. And even the book of Revelation loudly screams this. Loudly screams it. No thief will enter the kingdom of heaven. No thief. None. Zero. Uh, both the Hebrew and the Greek is exactingly clear. That attitude is a lie. You will not cheat on your taxes or steal from work or steal from your neighbors to get ahead in an action that you think is how God is blessing you and get away with it. That's just not going to happen. It's not ever going to happen. So, you know, with that in mind, it's just, it really does blow me away. 
But this movie does a real good job of – actually, I bet quite a few people have not only looked at the verse. I bet they've looked it up and read that whole chapter. Uh, at least that's what I'm hoping, um, that there's some people outside the church that went and watched this, and, and it intrigued them so much because obviously it's impregnated all over this movie that maybe subconsciously they went and read the 11th chapter of Jeremiah. Because there's all kinds of messages there that absolutely pertains to this generation. No doubt about it. So that's what I'm hoping, JMG, that, that, that a lot of people did watch it that were not Christians. And um, you know it, it made them curious about the Bible. So I guess that is one good thing. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, no doubt. No, I'm pretty sure once they saw that, they're like, hmm, what does that say? And what's the context about it? So... Pretty sure they wanted to figure out what was going on with that and how it tied into the whole movie. Well, there's one thing I'm going to point out right now, which is uh, pretty important, which is outside that verse. It's starting with verse 21. Uh, we are going to be reading from the New American Standard Bible. Uh, it's pretty easy to listen to, but uh, if you've got your KJV or, or whatever, I'm sure you'll be able to follow along quite nicely. Starting in verse 21, God... He's he's targeting something here, JMG. He's wanting you to see something very important. But uh, therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the men of Anathoth, who seek your life, saying, "Do not prophesy in the name of the Lord, so that you will not die at our hand." Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts: Behold, I am about to punish them. The young men will die by the sword. Their sons and daughters will die by famine. And the remnant will not be left to them. For I will bring disaster on the men of Anathoth, the year of their punishment. Now, I don't even know how to describe how this chapter finishes off because... It gives you a proper name to a location, and then, well, the Hebrew is is it, well, it's 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 rather confusing because it says the the year of their visitation properly. So why does it give a place name and then make a reference to uh, a chronological year or a chronological time? It, it doesn't make a make a whole lot of sense. So. Uh, you know, it, it it makes you want to look to see what the other side of God's mouth is saying. And lo and behold, the Septuagint mimics it perfectly. I mean, it says basically the same thing in Greek. Anathoth in the year of their visitation. So it – let me ask JMG. Do you think this – this Anathoth is important, or what role do you think that this this particular city uh, has to play in this? Or do you think it might the Lord might be wanting us to see other things, JMG? Well, when you uh, clearly mentioned the word Anathoth, I was like, hmm, why is that mentioned there, and what does that word mean? So apparently, in the Hebrew. That word means answers to prayer. So it kind of makes me wonder why is it saying, uh, I mean, if you read it even that way, uh, 
the the men of answers to prayer what why would they be praying in the first place you know they're trying to um talk to god but he ain't going to listen to them they're going to get their punishment essentially and i don't think that's what they want negative i certainly don't think uh that's what they want well, let me give you a little secret i'm probably going to uh well, say something you're probably not expecting because this has a single anagram. Now, ladies and gentlemen, will not let me explain to you what an anagram is. The Hebrew letters for Anathoth can be rearranged, and God does this all the time. This has been known since it, the text was written. Literally, uh, anagrams are used all over the Bible, and many commentators uh, fail to even point out that... Um, well, there's misplaced volves and yods everywhere. They're everywhere. And they'll say that this word is this when, well, wait a minute, there's a vav been stuck right in the middle. That's a different spelling. That's that's not that word. But they use that tactic to cover up the simple fact that God is using anagrams. And this has a singular, singular anagram. It is found in Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 17. Now, think about what JMG just said. He had no idea this had an anagram in it, and only a single one. With that in mind, from the New American Standard Bible, Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 17, Why, O Lord, do you cause us to stray from your ways and harden our heart from hearing you, and or fearing you, I'm sorry. Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes of your inheritance. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't catch it, he was talking about his visitation. And the word in question here, now when you look it up in your Strong's, it's going to say that is 8582, to go astray, to err in your ways. So, ladies and gentlemen, the answer to this equation, this Anathoth and God not listening to their prayers, Jeremiah 11, 11, and this being directly tied to his visitation <laughs> to Anathoth, he answers it right here. Let me read it one more time. Why, O oh Lord, do you cause us to stray from our ways and harden our heart from hearing you? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes of your inheritance. Your thoughts on that, JMG? I'm going to read that again. Uh, it's You read it from uh, 16, right? Oh, no, 17. 17. Why, O oh Lord, do you cause us to stray from your ways and harden our heart from fearing you? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes of your heritage. I mean, he said it over and over again in the Bible. Like, if you keep, pretty much, if you keep ignoring me, I'm going to ignore you. He's told us over and over again. People think that, you know, God's not going to get fed up. He's just going to have all this grace for us and we'll, we'll be all good and dandy. It's like, um, no, God is your father. He is going to punish you for all the stupidness that you continue to do. Um for instance, my son, 
if he does something that I told him specifically not to do and he keeps doing it, he's going to get punished because not only will he end up hurting himself, he's going to hurt others from, you know, even if it's the smallest thing, it can eventually turn into um, harm, self-harm and harm of others. So the the deed needs to be punished. And God is definitely going to punish not only the ones who think they're Christians out there, definitely going to punish the unbelievers because uh, it says in Matthew, uh, he's going to tell somebody, you know, depart from me. I never knew you, even though they claim they did. They did miracles in his name. They did everything in his name. So, yeah, people should be a little worried. Um, and I don't, I seriously don't know how they buy into the once saved, always saved. It doesn't make any sense. You need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That's what it says, plain and simple. I don't, there's, there's really no other way to say it. Well, that's exactly correct. And, and here in this text, you read the next verse, and boy, it really hammers home the text itself. So I read it. JMG just reiterated it. Let's do it a third time. I'll read 17, and then I'll read 18. And you're going to hear, now listen to me. You're going to hear him speak about the wing of the temple and the abomination of desolation being set up. Now, I've helped out the listeners that are uh, not too well studied in biblical eschatology, but that's what he's, he's referring to here. So let's read these two verses together. Why, O oh Lord, do you cause us to stray from your ways and harden our heart from fearing you? Return for the sake of your servants and the tribes of your inheritance your holy people possessed your sanctuary for a little while. Our adversaries have trodden it down. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that is absolutely off the charts. And let me get JMG's thoughts on that. Because initially, you're not going to hear, you know, what uh, well, what is spoken of. Uh, by Jesus, quoting from uh, the book of Daniel about uh, the sanctuary, i.e. the Holy Spirit, because we know that uh, now we are the body. We are the sanctuary. And the Holy Spirit in us is what creates that edifice. So, John, your your thoughts about, I mean, I mean that very next verse, verse 18, is just enough to blow you away. John? Yeah, I was actually looking at verse 19. I thought you were going to keep reading it, but I'm going to read that real quick right now because uh, it definitely continues the thought. We have become like those over whom you have never ruled, like those who were not called by your name. People, I mean, if you're, you're called to not be of this world, but it sounds like right here, people are just taking that and they want to be part of the world. They want to be just like everyone else and... That's definitely, um, that's killing a lot of Christians out there without them even knowing it. They think they're, oh yeah, I'm a God-fearing Christian, you know, I love God, but look at the way we're acting. Look at the way people are being out there towards one another. Um, it's it's pretty tough to, uh, how could you say, it's it's tough, but it's necessary to be other, be like God, rather than to be like everyone else, because like Matt, he was mentioning earlier, 
it happens at work. It happens everywhere. I mean, it happens on a grand scale on the earth, but it also happens in your little life that you have depends on how you react to it. But I hear it at work all the time. People are backbiting, talking about each other. And, you know, um, it's, it's hard to combat that because people will talk to you and they'll try and say, Oh, you, you know, what do you think about that? How does this influence you? Um, what are you going to say back? You know, people are just ready to, you know, pounce at each other's neck all the time. And uh, it's not until you actually start acting like God wants you to act, things will go well for you there. But if not, you're just going to be like everyone else. You're going to be miserable and you're not going to be acting the way you're supposed to be acting. You're supposed to be living your life like God intended you to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. It's a cons- it has to be a consistent every day. I'm going to try my best to do better today than I did yesterday. And yeah, we fall, we fail all the time because we get tempted. There's these natural things that come our way. And sometimes we act just like everyone else, but you have to be, you have to think about it. You have to think about your actions instead of just doing them and following your emotions. Because when you let your emotions, you know, um, guide your way, that's when you start failing because your emotions are of this flesh. This, this flesh is what produces your physical emotions. They're chemicals. That's why people get depressed. That's why people get happy. It's these chemicals. And you are literally living in the flesh when you live by your emotions. Some emotions are good, definitely. Some emotions are bad, but you have to be aware of them and conscious of how you're using those emotions around you especially when you're trying to be a good witness to someone and you're acting just like everyone else's. So how are you supposed to be a witness of God when you're doing that? Absolutely agree wholeheartedly. I mean, let's read that one more time. We have become like those whom you have never ruled, like those who were not called by your name. Ladies and gentlemen, I've always simplified this my whole life. If you're not following the Ten Commandments and acting like the Beatitudes, you're saying you're something. You are not. You're not a Christian unless you hold to those two safety barriers that's been set up for us. I mean, if you're running around acting like you're not a Christian, well, basically, that's what he just said. You are shaming Christ's name if you run around and say, I'm saved, I'm saved, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. And lying through your teeth, stealing at every opportunity, well, more importantly, taking advantage of the people around of you uh, and stepping on their backs to elevate yourself. You are not what you're claiming to be. You're just not. Let's take... One more step. You know, let, let's get back and remind everybody about the verse in question. Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 11. Very hard hitting. Extremely hard hitting. And people don't want to hear it, but I know what it's talking about. God has explained this to us in very magnificent ways, but. One more time, ladies and gentlemen, and, and perhaps this time I will use the KJV so you can hear it a little bit differently. Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 11, as quoted throughout this movie, Us. 
Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will hearken not unto them. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a chapter in the Bible dedicated to this uh, very message, actually. But a lot of people miss it. A lot of people go past it. And it amazes me how that happens. Uh, that people can just miss entire chapters when, ladies and gentlemen, the, the message of Psalms 32 um, is quite imp impactful. But when is this time when God's not going to hear you? My ease just flat tells you he's not going to listen to you. Psalms 32 and verse 6. Therefore let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time... When you may be found, surely in a flood of great waters, they will not reach him. Point blank. Point blank. And, you know, the verse before it, the ver well, look, the entire chapter is only 11 verses long. It's not that long. And yet... You talk about this, uh, bring it up in light of end-time Bible prophecy, everybody just gives you the deer-in-the-headlight stare. What are you talking about? There's no prophecy in Psalm 32. Oh, really? Really? <laughs> it talks all about God's righteous ones. It talks about who, what, where, when, why. And uh, it talks about, well, uh, being saved. He saves you from your you know, iniquities. And then you run around and spread all kinds of deceit. And that's really, uh, uh, like I said, this is only 11 verses long. It's only 11 verses long. But he screams in here, there is coming a time. Now, of course, many of our Christian listeners realizes that there were certain remembrancers probably triggered there when he said that in a flood of great waters. A direct reference back to what Jesus was talking about as it was in the days of Noah. So, John, your thoughts? Well, like we've been saying over and over again, Matthew, um, people, they don't, they're being taught about the Bible, but they're being taught, I guess you could say, to think almost that it's not true, you know, um, God does say what he says in the Psalms and the Proverbs and everywhere else in the Bible, and he's serious. He's not, he needs you to believe what he says, not to, uh, oh, well, you know, this is, these are Psalms, these are just songs that David sang and this and that. It's like, dude, they're actually prophetic. That's why if you see, you'll see echoes of the same verses and same themes throughout the entire Bible. It's in Revelation it's in Genesis. It's everywhere, from front to back, everywhere, back and forth. You'll see the themes if you actually open your eyes to see it. But um, no, God, he's coming. He's coming, and some people are not going to like it, especially when they think they're going to get raptured to heaven. Yet you come back after that, that's 
it's just puzzling. People are just looking for an easy way out. And that's kind of how, that's our human nature. We want the easy way. We tend to just want it all given to us and we want everything easy without having to put in any hard work. So that's why the whole, you know, deception of the once saved, always saved is so nice. Cause you know, Oh, I can accept Jesus, but I can still do whatever I want. And I'm, I'm getting to heaven, you know, I'll be fine. I don't have to worry about how I live my life now. It's like, no, everything you do physically in this world, you're going to imprint this on your spirit. And if your spirit gets locked that way, good luck. <laughs> good luck changing that. It's, I, I don't know, Matthew, it's just, it's crazy. I can't believe people don't even read their Bibles. They just rather like to go to church on Sundays and then live their, their life the rest of the week. And I'm not saying this is everybody, definitely not, but I don't think people truly understand the magnitude of what God is saying in his word. Cause some of them just don't take it serious. They just try and find the easy answers. They try and find, they try and get everything explained for them instead of sitting down and trying to ponder these things in your heart. God's going to tell you if you truly have the Holy spirit and you ask God into your heart and he, he has put that Holy spirit into you, he will give you the answers. It'll literally, I've had it so many times. I've even had, times where I'm talking to Matthew on air and it clicked. I'm like, what the, Oh my goodness. It it will click. The Holy spirit will upload that data to your brain and you'll know it. Just like it says in the end of days, you're going to know, everyone's going to know who's coming and who's here. There's not going to be a doubt in your mind. Who's God, but yeah, Matthew, they're just, they are literally sheep. It, you know, a deer in the headlights. They have no idea what's coming, even though it's blaring them right in the face. Well, with that in mind, John, let's you know, let's get back to this. Why on earth is one thousand two hundred sixty here? And especially uh, the direct message from which they will not be able to escape. That is in Hebrew. One thousand two hundred sixty. That means something. Sounds like a time of testing. Well, it means something. A lot of people don't realize that this is the only integer given three different nomenclatures. The Bible calls this times, time, and the dividing of time. It calls it 42 months, and it calls it 1,260 days. And people just... (laughs) How important do you think it is that he gave us three different nomenclatures for this period of time? It's it's just mind-boggling to me. So, you know, I, I think I'll go ahead and read Psalms chapter 32. And, ladies and gentlemen, when I do, think about this. This is all about this time that Jeremiah 11, 11 is telling you about. He's going to explain to you the time when God's not going to hear your prayers. Now, he starts off addressing Christians, okay? Those people who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and had the event horizon of salvation, he's going to give you a whole lot of information about what's going on. So, Psalms chapter 32, the very first verse. A psalm of David, a maskil, that is a Hebrew term, by the way. 
How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with a fever, the heat of the summer. Selah. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity. I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Selah. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely, in a flood of great waters, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with the songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose trappings include bits and bridle to hold them in check. Otherwise, they will not come near to you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, loving kindness, shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones, and shout for joy, all you who are upright in heart. You know, there's just not much I can add to that, but I heard so many remembrances there. Um, man, I heard so many remembrances there. Um, just take note uh, that it's during this 1,260 days that indeed you will be taken to a place that's been prepared for you by God himself. And he come right out and told you in verse 7. He told you you weren't going to be evacuated. He literally told you there's going to be a place like Goshen during the ten plagues of Egypt. But JMG, your um, your comments on this, and do you think this this chapter of Psalms 32 had any information about those 1,260 days? <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, when you read, uh, the part right here where it says, uh, and I'll just read six and seven, uh, therefore let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found surely in a flood of great waters, they will not reach him. That is going to be, so like you said, we're going to be in a place prepared for us, but those who aren't, they're going to be in another place that they may not want to be. God's not going to listen to their prayers over there. That's going to be their time of testing. And the only way out of that is to lose your head. That's going to be your only way out because you never listened in the first place. You never wanted to follow God when you had your chance. And now you're going to be literally living through hell on earth. And the only way is to remember what God said. This is literally for those who actually... I guess you could say miss the ride that aren't evacuated, that are left behind, essentially. 
you may be surprised who would be left behind when everyone else is coasting through in their own place that God has for them. But, man, this definitely talks about it because, I mean, if you can see it, it's there right in your face because that's the thing, Matthew. They're not taught that during the, you know, the time of testing after when the, when God comes back, they think everything's going to be fine. God's going to just show up and, you know, everything's all fixed. It's like, uh, there's actually a sequence of events that happen. And most people are taught that, you know, you're not going to have to endure any tribulation. You're just going to have it fine and dandy. You're going to be picked up before all the bad stuff happens. And, uh, clearly not. It says right here, right in front of you, like it's happened. Like I said earlier, it, it, this will, these things happen over and over again throughout the Bible. God repeats himself over and over again. Like you always say, Matthew, and look what it says right here. Um, you are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. What's that, you know, famous verse where people are always like, you know, 10,000 will fall at my right hand and, you know, another on my left and no harm will come near me. I'm like, that's how God will do it. He did it to the Israelites in Egypt when all the plagues were going on. And like you mentioned, Matthew, in Goshen, that's where they were protected. They had their own place of cover when everything was going around, going on around them. You're going to be covered if you know what's going on. But you need to, you need to follow what God said. Stop thinking that it's the grace alone that will, you know, stop you from doing foolish things. Like, like Matthew said in the beginning of the show, you have a choice. You have a choice. And I did want to bring that out about the movie, too. This, this article that I read, it took note that they're in these red jumper suits. And uh, this, this one person that, that was holding up the sign, Jeremiah... 1111 in a different scene he's wearing that same jumper suit but he's wearing a well a a cloak or an overcoat that's very muddy and soiled but underneath it he's wearing the same jumpsuit that they are and that's what i see throughout this film ladies and gentlemen is you got a choice and i haven't watched the film but it seems like to me that that's exactly what's being portrayed here you have a choice, and it's entirely up to you, and you can be taken to a place that's been prepared for you or not. It's completely up to you, but if you're calling yourself a Christian, God knows what you really are, regardless of what you say you are. In his eyes, in his ears, those things are absolutely irrelevant. He is the king. Besides him, there is no other. He is God. It is what he says it is, not what you think. So, with that in mind, JMG, we're at the top of the hour. Your closing comments, please. And include with that uh, what you're hoping to accomplish with your uh, broadcast. Um, well, for the closing thoughts... People, please read your Bibles. Um, God is t God's telling you everything you need to know all out in the open. There's nothing hidden. Um, you just need to get right while you still can. Um, 
just start reading your Bible, believing it. If you feel like you need to go to a commentary, hold off. Just read it and just give yourself a Salah moment, a moment of pause to think about what you've just read. And ask the Holy Spirit to explain it to you. It sounds, I mean, for those who don't believe in God or who may be listening who are just like, yeah, that sounds like a little weird, you know, try it. I did it. I used to be a non-believer for a little while until I actually took the Bible for what it says. And, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. Why not? Why can't I just ask for God? If God's out there, God will listen to me and God will hear me if I truly want this. And he'll give it to me. And sure enough, ever since then, he gives me the answers I need to hear at the time when I need to hear it. It's There's always a beautiful time for everything has its time and everything has its season. Um, what I plan to do for my new show, I mean, for the continuation of the show, I'm just going to start updating it again and I'm going to start just uh, going back into it. Uh, we did have a little show that we were doing. Maybe I'll continue that with uh, Joe and see where that goes. If not, I'll see what the spirit decides what we are going to put out. So I'm going to start putting out some more shows again soon though. So um, you guys need to look it up. It's the crosshairs. Just look up the cross H E I R S with JMG. You'll find it online. If you need to, I can uh, send Matthew the link so he can post the shows. If you guys want to check those out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you did enjoy. And, We'll have JMG say a closing prayer, not for us. The Lord is already our God. So, JMG really knows that he and I really don't need to be prayed for. It's you, the listener, that does. And that's what the whole purpose of this broadcast was, was to try to help you. Because that's what God has called us to do. If you're that one sheep, that's who we're trying to reach. So, JMG, why don't you say a prayer for the listener, and we'll sign off. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you um, reach out to the minds of those who hear this show. Um, I pray that you be with them and give them the spirit of uh, curiosity, so that way they may be able to seek you out while you still may be found that they may be able to just listen to what you've been saying all along. You've been saying this same thing, Lord God, for thousands of years, and it still remains as it ever has been since the beginning. Lord, just be with these people who are listening now. Um, I pray that they have the, the courage and the might to just to trust you. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. It comes into faith. Um, there's a lot of, uh, atheists and mockers out there who just joke about you and it's, it's all an ignorance, Lord. Uh, I was the same way and I pray that you just give them what they're seeking because they're seeking after you. They just don't know it. Father, just be with them, give them the courage to go against everything they've been taught and to seek you out for who you are, to seek out a personal relationship with you and Jesus you've been there all along may they seek your face now while there's still time I pray this in Jesus name Amen Alright ladies and gentlemen I I ask that the good Lord give you a slaw moment 
Until that time comes, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed. <laughs>